When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into another edition and another week on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad joined by Andrew Gillis, Mike Nislik. Week five behind us. The Bengals two and three. And gentlemen, uh, we already heard from Coach Taylor Monday and offensive coordinator uh, Brian Callahan. And just jumping into it, uh, a lot was said, especially for a Monday. What are some big impressions that really come out to you guys, though, just from, I think, starting with Coach Taylor? What really uh, stood out to you as far as, like, just, you know, moving forward with this week? Um, for me, I think the biggest thing is, uh, well, I mean, maybe not the biggest thing. I think maybe the most noteworthy thing as of right now, um, is that they're pretty healthy. Um, I think that that is pretty important. I, I mean, there are bigger issues, but you know, T Higgins, uh, his sprained ankle, uh, they're going to have to monitor that. Um, he only played 10 snaps. Um, you know, we talked about that after the game, uh, where you didn't really have him, um, it was just one of those things where he tweaked. So they're going to, you know, Zach was kind of talking, they're going to have to monitor this. It's going to have to be one of those things that, Hey, it's a day-to-day thing. You're going to have to watch how he performs. You're going to have to see how he feels. Same thing with, uh, Jonah Williams, who has a sprained MCL. Um, he went down and actually came back into the game. Um, so, you know, that was, that was kind of big. Um, just, I, I think because you look at, where this offense is and you can't really afford to lose anybody right now. Cause Zach that, you know, I think that's the other thing right now with, with where this offense is pretty much the entirety of, of Zach's uh, press conference was about the offense. It's about the play calling. It's about uh, explosive plays. It was about the goal line sequence. To me, the explosive plays are, are the biggest thing. And, you know, he, he kind of talked about getting the run game going. You can kind of work teams out of that. Um, you know, Brian Callahan mentioned that there are other ways to do that. You can run screen plays. You know, early in the game, they ran those bubble screens. I think that there are things you can do, but, I mean, they know the problems, and I, I think it's pretty clear what's, what's kind of plaguing this team right now. Well, I was surprised. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised. That's what's fans' job is that how upset – uh, Bengals, uh, Twitter, uh, and social media was over sort of the play calling, um, in terms of just ready to just run Zach Taylor out of the, out of the city, which is surprising since, you know, they did make the Super Bowl last year. But, um, I think patience wears thin when ex- expectations are higher. He addressed sort of like the idea that they could change play callers wouldn't necessarily make much of a difference since they all put the, their own stamp. You know, it's a collective stamp on the whole thing that they evaluate play calling together. It's sort of a mishmash of ideas that while the play might come from Zach Taylor's uh, headset, he's not exactly the sole play caller and the sole decision. You know, it, yes, he has the final say, but it's sort of a collaborative effort. I thought that was sort of an interesting uh, response to sort of the criticism because I think he's taken a lot of criticism for uh, in the last 24 hours for that, obviously, uh, we talked about a, a lot yesterday that failed red zone sequence. 
One one point I, I think we didn't talk about yesterday that I found uh, some, somebody pointed out that you know they didn't really test him deep, um, and you know you saw the um, next gen has the uh, Joe Burrow's kind of pass distribution and you know nothing over twenty yards. I think the only one was a penalty, so it wasn't on there. They did uh, hit Jamar Chase on the sideline, um, and that was called for pass interference, and they got that play. But um, but they didn't test him after Marcus Williams went out, and he. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that Harbaugh announced that he had dislocated wrist, and he went out pretty early in that second half. Um, and, you know, with some of the makeshift pieces that they had in the secondary, um, you know, and I think that's what Brian Callahan was asked about today, like how do you balance trying to push it uh, versus, you know, yeah, they're doing the cover two. Does it end up looking like the Steelers game where you make those mistakes, or is it is it, you know, you have more talent so you can kind of get around it? I thought that's sort of an interesting discussion point kind of, Coming out of yesterday where they really just didn't go deep down the field, and I think that the stat uh, I was seeing today was that it was the, less, the least air yards of Joe Burrow's career in terms of right. pass attempts, um, you know, with 30-plus starts. Um, so that's significant. I mean, they took what the defense gave them in the second half and had two lengthy drives, um, but obviously just not enough points. So, um, you know, they've been trying to find this balance, and, and they've been struggling kind of through five games to sort of – figure out when to test teams that are running this, the cover two to and doing it well versus sort of being conservative and taking what the defense gives you. To that, Michael, you know, the big thing, like you mentioned, uh, you know, people were very critical about the play calling and he was asked about, you know, what goes into the decision making. I mean, the reality is it makes sense when you have that headset on, like he said, it's a mixture of, you know, Lou, it's a mixture of Brian Callahan and other coaches. So, it's not like it's all just him. I understand, you know, when, you know, you want to win, the patience is a little thinner. I understand the frustration, but objectively, and this makes the most sense, it cannot be all on his plate. But, you know, I think really the biggest takeaway kind of bouncing off that to Coach Callahan, as far as like, you know, not really attacking, uh, going deep, especially after uh, Williams went out for Baltimore, you know, he said something on the lines of, like, when you have those two high safeties and that cover two that the Bengals have pretty much been facing almost all season, uh, most namely against Baltimore, that's just something you have to get used to. You know, he kind of mentioned that a lot of teams in the league are sort of more moving towards that. You know, it's not as fun for fans, for example, who want to see, like, a lot of those 50-yard plays because really the longest play we saw uh, was from Mike Thomas. That was, like, a 31, 32-yard play. And, you know, I think the cool thing, though, and this is where I think the Bengals' offense will learn from this and is learning from it is you can kind of expand. It's not just go deep to Jamar, go deep to T, one-on-ones. You know, kind of start out, you had those screens to Jamar Chase. I think we could see more of that, you know, this week and beyond. You know, the gadgetry, which I know they talked about too, which we can get to, you know, there's always the fine line between being smart and being cute. But, again, I think the thing with Callahan, he always says it, we're not a strictly RPO offense. We're not a strictly, you know, go deep offense. They're just very creative. And we saw that a lot last year. We are seeing it this year. Obviously, there was a dud with that. They're going to learn from that dud. And that's where I think you can't really be so concerned about the offense because I think they're going to really kind of play around with that this week. And it's going to be interesting to see in practice kind of what's different and what, you know, we just hear later on as far as what's going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious, you know, Brian was asked about this specifically. I'm curious where that line is, though, with the the need to 
the need for speed, basically, you know, it, it, how do you kind of balance between saying, was it, you know, um, like Mike brought up the, the, the next gen stats line about Burrow, he threw one pass longer than 15 yards in the air. Like it was just not a game where you were throwing deep. And, and I asked Zach and, and Brian about this because I, I really think that T going down early really kind of impacted things because when, when a guy goes down and you've still got 55 minutes of, of game time to play, I think that that kind of changes what you have to do because, I mean, you have a whole game left to play. The game plan is fundamentally different at that point. And, and I'm curious what happens, though, when you have those guys in, in the lineup. Like, like Brian said, defenses are not going to say, oh, well, you know, cover two's really worked against the Bengals, but – we're going to stick in our cover one or we're going to stick in our cover three. They're going to run exactly what the Bengals have not been able to beat all year. So I'm curious what the line is between just saying like, hey, we're going to take what the defense gives you. We're going to run the ball. We're going to throw it to Hurst over the middle. We're going to you know, be creative with Jamar. And just having to say at some point, you know, all right, Joe, just let her fly. Like we need some big, like we need explosive plays because as we saw Sunday night in Baltimore, you can touch the, like Baltimore is an extreme example just because of how they're set up, but you can touch the ball at the end of the third quarter and get one more possession. And that is the end of the game. Like this offense is built on quick strike, explosive plays. And if you're not creating those, I just don't know how well built they are and how sustained they can be when you have to go down the field so methodically like they had to do on Sunday in Baltimore. Well, one of the things I think that some is tripping coaches up, especially sort of these new wave analytic guys and especially ones that are offensive minded is that you're always, they're always searching for the perfect play and to find the perfect moment, like to put, to scheme up success and that can work and it worked last year. Um, but once you're successful, um, it tends to not be successful because the other guys are paid too. And once they have all that on film, uh, it's hard to replicate that success. And one thing that I thought was brought up in the locker room to a couple different players is why aren't, you know, I think what's considered Jamar Chase is probably considered a top 10 receiver in the league. Um, uh, T. Higgins is probably in that next tier. You've got a bunch of good supporting players, uh, Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow, who's considered one of the top uh, players. Why not just rely on your talent? Even if the scheme isn't favorable that you're facing, at some point, aren't you more confident in your players to make a play than the opposing yeah. team, even if it's a good team? And I think they've gotten away from that at times. I think you saw that at that goal line stand. I mean, that trick play, I mean, I think they – I like that they're willing to do different things and sort of um, not be – uh, you know, present different looks and de- different things like that to kind of test a defense. But at the same time, I think they've gotten away. You know, we've said they don't have an identity this year, um, but they're still really talented offense. So why not just yeah. that be your identity? Why not just be beat people <laughs> like with your guys? You know, Jamar Chase had that great catch uh, it, it late in the game. Uh, ran that perfect route. I mean, those are the plays that your guy is going to make over the opposition because he's better. And I think yeah. they've sometimes gotten away from that, uh, you know, through the first five games um, uh, this season. I, I think, my, I think. go ahead, Mohamed, go ahead. I think with that too, Michael, the talent is so deep that, you know, one player that both Coach Callahan and both Coach Taylor acknowledged should have gotten the ball more was Tyler Boyd. They both agreed that, and, you know, specifically from Coach Taylor, he said 
that really Boyd should be getting more touches. Uh, he should be getting more production, but just hasn't because he hasn't gotten the ball. And that's something that Callahan was asked about and agreed to, you know. And even from talking to Boyd, you know, we talked to him in the locker room, and he said, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, you know, games will come down to the wire. But, you know, he really thinks this is a good offense, like you said, because it is. And if he gets more touches, kind of like we saw against uh, Miami and against the Jets, if he kind of gets more of that plus some, that's another dynamic. But that's one thing I think that might have been missed by some people is, you know, he didn't get the ball as much. And, you know, unfortunately, people are only going to think of that blown play uh, with the Philly special, if you want to call it that. But, yeah, I think that's going to be a big key. And, you know, they all agree. Himself, Callahan, Taylor, they all agree. You know, hey, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst, that's great, but you got to get a Tyler Boyd too. Yeah, like, you know, they can talk about scheming different guys up, scheming different guys open, like Mike was saying. But, like I said, this is not going to be something where it's, oh, this is a, like, this isn't a, a short term, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's not a short term, like, solution from defenses to stop this. Like, no, you're going to run it until you keep, like, imagine that we're talking about this in a game, right? It's like, if you're running the ball off tackle for six yards of play, like, you're not going to run away from that. Like, you're not going to change that. If you're burning them deep every play, you're not going to change that. Defenses are not going to say, oh, well, you know, we can't do this. So, to me, you're going to have to do this eventually. And I think that starts with throwing the ball to Tyler Boyd more. But, what you know, it, it it's such a fine line to me because, it, it like, you can get Tyler Boyd involved more. And, like, I agree that, you know, that would be good for the offense to, to kind of spread the ball around. But is is getting Tyler Boyd – I don't know. I'm just going to pick a number here. Is getting Tyler Boyd 11 targets worth it if it's Tyler Boyd's getting 11 targets and Hayden Hurst is getting six, and then all of a sudden Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are getting seven and five? Like, it, it, are those numbers you want to play with? I don't I mean, think this, so. This game was sort of magnified because they only had 60 offensive plays. So, I right. mean, you, you couldn't really do anything. I mean – Nobody had a good amount of touches except really Chase, but um, there just wasn't enough to go around. I think if you're running more plays um, and you do have some of those quicker drives, um, you don't don't necessarily have to pick and choose. I think against the Ravens you did just because you didn't. I mean, you know, he said basically had two drives because the one the one drive at the start of third quarter was one play and an interception. So uh, I think that that's a problem. You know that is magnified when you don't have the ball. I think if you can start scoring a little more, um, you don't have to sort of worry about like, oh, or, you know, how do I distribute to all these guys? I think that that just starts coming, you know, naturally through the offense. And, right. you know, um, they, they they haven't – everything's been a challenge. Everything's looked clunky. He talked about that a couple of weeks ago, that every, nothing's looked smooth. Um, and, you know, I think some people have talked about how that – it's because they don't have a clear identity – um, you know, that was the explosive plays last year, and they haven't sort of replaced that. They don't have a very strong run game. Um, you know, they need they need to figure out answers. I, and I think, you know, I, I think you said it's not a one-week thing. I think they need to look long-term and sort of try to figure out what direction they're going to. I mean, I, I know they said that they want to try to be, you know, multiple and be able to counter what teams give them every week. But at, at some point, you've got to kind of plant your own flag and say, this is what we are, and this is what we're we're going to do, and and they they haven't done that. And I feel I feel like they're 
countering too much, like being too defensive where they can say, look, we have Joe Burrow, we have Jamar Chase, like you you can't beat us, you know, or, or this offense is going to beat you. Whereas as I feel like right now they're sort of being like, well, we're see, going to see what you do, then we'll counterpunch that. They should- yeah, and, and like the big thing that we've kind of heard from, you know, we heard it today uh, because I like I genuinely think that, that you know, what what Zach and Brian were talking about, there are positives to gain from Sunday night in, in the run game because you, you can run the – like I think that they kind of found out and they kind of learned that you can run the ball successfully out of the gun. And I think that you're going to have to see a lot more of those runs moving forward here. But, like, it, it just kind of feels like you said, like they are – they're letting the game be dictated to them. Right. And the problem is when you do that, all of a sudden – teams are playing that cover two shell. The teams are playing, you know, they're doubling Jamar. They're doing whatever. They're taking away the big plays. Okay. And their defense is playing well enough to not have to do that. Like bad teams have to do that because they can't afford to make a mistake. Whereas the uh, Cincinnati this season has been able to make mistakes and a lot of them bounce back because their defense is playing so well. Yeah. And like, and teams can do that. And everybody's answer is, okay, well, you know, the defense is playing great. So, you know, if we just run the ball, we're going to be okay. Okay. Well, you can't really run the ball and it's okay. Well, maybe you can just beat him with an explosive play because an explosive play. I mean, we saw it on the defensive side where you get a turnover, that quick change with Von Bell that can change the game. And it, and it just kind of feels like the, like the answers that you would typically turn to are, are not there or they're not working. And then it just kind of becomes this, uh oh, moment where it's like, okay, what do you do now? And, and I think that that's kind of what's plaguing them because, like, like listen, Tyler Boyd is like Tyler Boyd is not a typical number three receiver on an NFL team, but I I just think that you're kind of losing something if you're already at the point where you're saying, okay, we need to get our number three receiver more involved, considering that you have Jamar Chase and T Higgins who might be the best one or at least the most talented one, two punch of receivers in the sport. And you're saying, okay, we need to, you know, we need to get the third guy more involved. I just, I don't know how much you really get like, and I know it depends on game script. Like you were saying, I I just don't know how much you, you can actually stand to gain from doing that. Well, to that, I I agree with you. I'm not saying it should all be on Boyd because, Oh, that's it. Jamar Chase's uh, double team. That's a lost cause. No, I'm with you. And it is tricky because it really is game to game, but he's there for a reason. You know, he's not your typical number three receiver, like you said. So take advantage of that. How far do you take advantage? Again, that is very debatable. We could be talking about that weeks on end because he could do really hot one week. And then a week after that, it'd be like, oh, yeah, we should have gone to him. But that all ties back to the thing that I thought about so much entering the season was the identity. I was concerned about, you know, yes, they were just in the Super Bowl. Yes, they have all these high expectations. But it just seemed like there was so much newness with the offensive line, with just the way defenses have changed. Like we've seen so much with the cover two, you know, the shell two defense. You know, it's almost like I don't want to say my worst fears came true, but I almost expected this to happen. And I'm not saying it's, you know, oh, freak out, guys, there's no identity. It will come. I'm not saying it's going to come next week. I don't even think it's going to come the week after. But there's just something about that Ravens game that said, you know what, we can't just keep kind of hodgepodging. Oh, yeah, we should run the ball more. 
Then we go. We can't do explosive. Someone go explosive. Then you can't run the ball. I think it's gone to It's like okay, guys, we have to sort of set who we are. Um, I don't want to contradict myself. I know I said it's good that you know Brian Callahan said where we just kind of mold and change every week. And in some situations, you have to adapt. But you're right though. There has to be something that's just there that doesn't change. So that's the big thing. If this offense wants to live up to that, you know. You know, oh, they put points on the board type offense like we've been talking about all year. That has to come. How soon? I don't know. It definitely won't be next week, though. Yeah, and, and I mean, all of this is relative, right? Like, like if this conversation was happening last year, then, you know, we'd be like, hey, like, okay, there are areas to fix, but the defense is great. And it's just this team went to the Super Bowl. Expectations are different. And with that offense that you have, this is the cost of doing business. Like the cost of doing business is like Brian Callahan was kind of talking about and was asked about, you're going to have defenses throw new things that they have not shown on film or that they have not shown a lot of on film at you. Like teams are going to play different variations of maybe a cover two that they have seen all year long. And and he kind of said that, you know, like I asked him about this specifically, like it, it does get a little bit easier. It does get a little bit more predictable throughout the course of the years, you start to see more of these looks, but these wrinkles aren't going away. So, you know, to me, this has to be something where uh, you have to find something to rely on because when the going gets tough, you have to be able to say, we do this well, and at worst, we're going to have this to rely on. And I just don't know what that is right now. I don't think they know what it is either. I I still think they are genuinely – sitting in those meetings, figuring out what is it that makes the Bengals' offense so unique. And that's not a bad thing, but it's something that has to be figured out sooner than later. Well, I think it's emblematic of their red zone struggles that they don't have that go-to play that they've gone back and forth to try to, you know, one week yeah, Joe Mixon will get touches, the next week he won't. Uh, you know, you're trying gadget plays, you're trying to shuffle pass. Um, and, and I think that speaks to what you you guys are saying, that they really don't. Uh, they're they're unsure of themselves, and that that you know who's the who's the play going to, or you know who who's what's numbers being called, and yeah. um, uh, you know just, they just haven't figured out through five weeks, which is surprising just because of the amount of talent they have. But um, you know teams are playing them tough. I mean you know they were the Super Bowl. Uh, you know you go to the Super Bowl and you get everybody's best, and that's that's kind of where they're at right now. One of the talking points, you know, I've been hearing from a lot of fans because, like you mentioned, the a lot of harsh criticism on social media. You know, the big thing is, oh, you you go aggressive in the offseason. You get this offensive line. You get Hayden Hurst. You get all these pieces. Why are you not winning? You know, it's nice to do that. And that's great that they got all these pieces. But it doesn't just happen overnight. It would be great if it did because we'd be talking about a 5-0, you know, at worst 4-1 team right now. It's just not that simple. This is the NFL. As much as you're going to lock up and load, so are other teams. I understand the AFC North is unique because, you know, on paper, the Bengals do have the most talented division. So some of that criticism is validly warranted. But in the grand scheme of things, it is still a really tough league. Yeah, like, in, I, 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 it's tough with criticism because – like if Tyler Boyd was kind of saying today, like if the Ravens gave a man look on that, that Philly special play that they tried to, was it, was that, that was second down that they tried to run that play. Uh, So if if you get a man look at that 
forget how that changes. Get like, like, kind of like Muhammad is saying, you get all these tweets. Oh, Zach Taylor's in his bag. Oh, they found that. You know. Oh, look, they. You know, what a great play call. Like, I, I just think that it. You can say that. I just think you can also look at the defense and say Lamar missed a couple a couple of those shots. Like he missed one to uh, Tylen Wallace down the field. Like, and they were like, they were running free. Like this was not a, Oh, it would have been a big play. Like this would have been a touchdown if Lamar had delivered an accurate ball. And so to me, you are what your record says you are. And, and that's going to be something that moving forward, you can have to figure out because I think Mike joked, uh, I think I think Mike joked after the game, like, who knows if the Panthers are going to have a coach? Well, they don't have a coach. They don't have a coach. They just fired. They don't have a defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator. So, like, you're going to have chances to figure this out, like we said. But this week, to me, is really big on kind of like we've just kind of like like to wrap up this you know this kind of whole thing to just summarize it, like we've been saying. You've got to figure out something that you can do well. And 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 go from there. I I think it ha- it can start really really small. If it's hey, we can run out of the gun really well. We can run off tackle with Mixon in you know in three wide receiver sets. Do that. You've you, there's something has got to give in that way because you can't just go into a game and say. And I think we're overthinking this. I think Zach Taylor said too, but no, Zach Taylor said it best. If you if you're leading all game long. It's easy to win games, and that's the yeah. solution. So, problem solved. And to that note, I'm, I'm not his point. Office. I mean, and I'm making fun of it, but his point was more just starting faster. Right. They have gotten uh, down two possessions in, in all three games, but the way he worded it uh, was very amusing to me. He's like, you know, look, guys, if you're ahead all game long, you win a lot of games. Yeah. So, I mean, and, it's simple. I think we're that, just missing. Yeah. Well, to that note, there's a reason why they're making millions of dollars calling the plays, and we're just sitting here talking about it. So <laughs> I guess we're trying to put our headsets on, but we should probably take them off on that note. But, guys, again, this has been a blast. You know, we're going to talk more about the Saints and what they pose and, you know, what the team is going to do uh, to challenge in New Orleans as they break down the film this week. We'll have more on that, but once again, for myself – Mike Nislick and Andrew Gillis. I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Thanks for joining the Strictly Stripes podcast. We'll see you back here tomorrow.